Episode five, Clinch Perfect. I'm back. I'm Ben. I'm here with Tom, and uh, we're going to be breaking down everything about UFC 258. Uh, before we get started, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clinch Perfect for all the most pointless gifts and uh, memes you could want on a on a fight night on a Saturday night. Um, before we get into the uh, into the fights from Saturday, we do have a couple bits of uh, news to touch on. Tommy spoke to uh, Dave Feldman last week. Get, get any uh, any juicy news out of him? Yeah, well, I found out they're already planning Paige's next fight, which is kind of nuts, considering I thought she'd, she'd take a bit of a layoff. But counts. It seems that um, no, they're they're plowing ahead. They they want to get her back in back inside the ring, um, which I think is really exciting, personally. And Britain Hart as well. I found out that apparently that post-fight interview wasn't staged. That was just her speaking from her. No, I couldn't possibly be. And staged. You, you better be. You better believe that some t-shirts are dropping very, very soon. If that was staged. Whoever wrote it is a comedy genius. Um, but no, it was. You know, honestly, sometimes you speak to these promoters, and some of them can be a bit um, tough to crack. Probably is, is probably the best way of describing it. But he's a really nice guy. Really sound. Um, and he just dropped the knowledge, man. Like found out that second week of April, BKFC are hosting a UK card in potentially Manchester or London. They're working on the venues right now, um, which is just mind blowing. Are they hoping to have fans? Yes, limited crowd considering COVID. There will be fans apparently. I'll try um, and get there. They're working on like a from what from what it sounds like, it's kind of like a franchise partner. Mm-hmm. Is, is what he was saying like one of the, one of his partners over here they're trying to do a UK card which is really exciting for UK fight fans like it's another thing to watch and it's right on our doorstep um, yeah and the, the Paige Van Zandt hype kind of blew up bare knuckle you know into the, into the mainstream world of, of MMA and combat sports like you know like, other than the you know the hype around the Lobov fight with um, with Jason Knight I'd never watched bare knuckle but I watched that whole card with uh, that, that Paige was on so um, yeah I mean yeah, second week of April, write in your diaries. For, uh, for bare knuckle, second week of April. Um, if I can get tickets, I'm definitely going to go. And uh, maybe we'll do some podding from uh, from Manchester for that. Um, who else do you speak to again? Jake Hadley. Yeah, yeah, so Cage Warriors. Prospect. I mean, I did Cage Warriors 20, news. 24-year-old undefeated prospect. Yeah, he's, I mean, I say this every time I interview a UK prospect, but he's the guy, like... All round game was just ridiculous. I don't know if you saw his, his fight with Luke Shanks, but yeah. he got clipped early on and then pretty much dominated him from start to finish. Just what is he now? Three and zero in Cage Warriors, is that? Yeah, three and zero, six and zero overall. But he's fought killers, man. Like he went over to EFC, beat their champion in his own backyard. Like completely dominated him from start to finish, and um, was just chatting to him just about like what his future prospects are and his plans for his career because obviously he's managed by McGregor's agency, Paradigm, um, which just goes to show like. He's making waves already. He's only six and in his career. Like, that's just nuts. And whilst he wouldn't give too much away, the UFC have been in contact with his management. They are they are talking. I'm I'm personally leaning towards the fact that I think he's gonna have to defend his title once because he's only he's a, he hasn't defended it yet. And I think that they'll be like the, the general rule of thumb with Cage Warriors is you defend your title once and you go to the UFC like, or you do what Mason did and win two. Um, <laughs> but that's just for the overachievers. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the flyweight division as well. Like, imagine Jake Hadley in the flyweight division. It's kind of, I mean, flyweight division for me at the moment is popping. I think in yeah, the flyweight series. division has gone from like the the one they were looking at, you know, dumping to, I mean, maybe not the best, but one of the funnest divisions. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. But no, he was really, really some like. I think one of the things that s- struck out to me the most was the fact that he trains every single day. Like, this isn't the guy who has. He said to me as much as always. Well. I'm pretty much always in the gym. 
my my regime is I eat breakfast, get up, go to the gym, come back home, like still training, go to the gym. And he trains with people like Rocky Edwards, um, trains at both Renegade and Fearless in Birmingham, so both both the gyms. So he's kind of got all the best UK talent around him to thrive off, and I, you can kind of see it in his performances. Like he is so well rounded in terms of his grappling, his striking, and packs punch as well. Not his previous fight, but the one beforehand put it on this guy and completely dominated him so yeah hopefully he makes the jump before too long um and the way the talks are going i'd imagine it's a title defense and then maybe the big boys one to watch out for then right before we before we talk about the fights um on saturday night we have to talk about the only thing anyone's talking about instead of the fights which is um marquez calling out miley cyrus after his fight getting a flirty response from miley cyrus and then presumably fucking it up there's been some debate as to whether he fucked it up or not um what what camp are you in uh, i think he blew it <laughs> to be honest <laughs> i mean, don't go wrong getting a response is really cool and then it just <laughs> she kind of shut him down immediately but i think she looked at his instagram page <laughs> I, I mean I, I i found out afterwards um he has a podcast with kendra lust yeah <laughs> And let me just say, I had to look this up and find this out. I did not know. <laughs> I 100% did not know who she was as soon as I saw her name. I had to Google it and find out. Um, for the, for the, for the listeners of this but, podcast, um, Ben's gone bright red. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he has a podcast with her. And she, she said on Twitter something like, um, oh, you know, you're all wrong. Like, this is going to make her want him more. And I was like, why, why are you lying? Why are you lying on the TV? <laughs> like, he blew it. He blew it. Yeah, well, again, look at who Miley Cyrus is like. She's just broken up with Liam Hemsworth, right? Who's like, I mean, no homo, but he's one of the hottest guys in the TV and film <laughs> industry. Like, but I don't know, could, I just think you should have... Could Liam Hemsworth put Maki Patolo in an anaconda choke or whatever it was <laughs> <laughs> after losing the first two rounds? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not so sure. Um, I don't know. I, to be fair, I, I feel like everyone's saying he bl- he's blown it. Like it's kind of too early to say. Like she she responded. People were posting that that thing from her Instagram where she posted some mirror selfie and it said like, you know, this could be your but you're yeah, dumb yeah. or something. But that could just be her, you know, going back, you know, with her with her own little you know dig back at him. It could just be a little friendly jab in there, a little sparring. Um, the one thing I think no one's mentioned that's absolutely hilarious thought is, I presume my Sarge isn't a big UFC fan. And maybe someone's told us since, maybe a friend of hers who does watch UFC has told us since, oh, that's his nickname. But at first, when she first got his response to Henna Tattoo Cuban Missile Crisis, she wouldn't have known that was his nickname. So she would just, she would have just opened her phone and been like, what the fuck? Cuban Missile Crisis? What are you talking about? Is this a history teacher? <laughs> yeah, she was the guy's clinically insane. That was the, the part that no one's, I've not seen anyone mention that, but it's just such a funny thought of her opening her phone and being like, Cuban Missile Crisis? What? <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, um, we'll get on to what really matters now. Um, Marty Fake News Usman, um, as uh, certain someone likes to call him. Showed his, uh, showed his champion grit after uh, a tough first round, I think it's fair to say, and um, came back, destroyed Gilbert Burns. Pretty emotional scenes afterwards. I thought it was kind of funny, the irony of DC commentating over <laughs> Gilbert oh, no. Burns crying emotionally in the octagon. That was a, that was a little bit enjoyable. I um, couldn't wait to bring that up. I'm glad you mentioned it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to beat you to that. Um, DC was awful again on the call, as always. We won't even get into that. But um, how good was Usman? To, I mean, he did he did get rocked early. Like he, it didn't the uh, the stats didn't show it as a knockdown, which is weird. 
but um, he did get rocked. And uh, well, I think because it was it, for me, it was for me, it was more of like a flash knockdown. I think he kind of got stunned by it. It, it kind of reminded me, of, you know, when Anthony Joshua got um, clipped by uh, Ruiz in the first mm-hmm. fight. Um, it was like not like a rabbit punch, but behind the temple kind of. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Like it was, it was a. I mean, obviously Gilbert Burns hits hard. Like you just have to look at his highlight reel to see that. Um, but I think when that happened, it kind of, I don't know, it triggered this animal in Usman. Like, and then it just started popping that jab and that Trevor Whitman jab. I see everyone talking about it being like, oh, like, in the build up to the fight, everyone was talking about it, like, oh, his wrestling and all that kind of stuff. But I was kind of the view that their strengths on the ground would cancel each other out. And it I, I, said, I said before the fight to my mate um, that I was watching the fights with that, um, I actually, I actually picked Burns to win, so not oh, not ashamed gosh. to admit that because he, I think he showed a glimpse of the fact that he could have won if he had played it right. Um, and the reason I picked him to win is I thought he was a better striker, and I thought kind of what would happen did happen, which did happen was, you know, Usman doesn't want any part of that guard. Like as soon as he saw Burns on his back, he was like, nope, not going down there. Which I think proves what Burns said before the fight was true that he had subbed Usman a bunch in sparring. He said that before the fight. Um, I think that was proven true by the fact that Usman as soon as Burns was on his back. He was like, nope, not, not going down there with you, buddy. Um, but that was also really stupid on Gilbert's part because he, like we said, we did, you know, yeah, maybe he didn't fully rock him, have him completely shook, you know, wobbly legs or anything, but he definitely stunned him and then spends the rest of the round on his back. Um, awful. That was awful. Um, but uh, yeah, like you say, the Usman the, the jab, the Whitman jab, um, the way he was switching stances. Yeah, the way, I'm like, glad you mentioned the switching stance because... He kind of showed against Colby, his striking was pretty basic. Like it was literally two grapplers just yeah, winging I think shots at that each other. Fight has a bit of a misconception. People are like, "Oh, they're both amazing strikers now," but <laughs> that wasn't a fight of amazing striking. That was just them beating the shit out of each other. It was other. more willpower than anything. Yeah. I thought. Um, but the, but this to me just shows like obviously he's got a ridiculous wrestling background, credentialed up to his eyeballs. But training with people like Gaethje and obviously Rose Namajunas. Uh, um, with with Trevor Whitman, it, it it just shows that he's adding like another dimension to his game, and I'm not. I I I think it's a bit premature to say that he's on the the GSP train, like, even though he's matched you know, beating his record and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I mean, you, you look at GSP's title defenses. Like, yeah, I actually like, saw like a side by side of the of the, yeah. the two of them title defenses earlier. It's not even close at the moment. And, so I agree. Yeah, and also the the level of opponents he's fought. I I would argue that. GSP has fought far tougher opponents. Maybe that's a bit of um, elementary bias in it. I don't know, but he's definitely on the way though. Like I, I won't. I'm. I'm not going to quell that argument. I think if you look at the, the way he's dismantled people, he's kind of beaten them in areas that people would have expected him to lose. Like against Colby, Colby's like pressure on the feet. You would have imagined that maybe Colby would have the advantage in the striking. I think I was watching an inside the octagon and they were talking about actually about how Kobe pressurizes his opponents with his volume and his just his constant pace. And it kind of that kind of paid the price for him because he, he wore himself out essentially and then Usman capitalized later on. I think against Burns he kind of took himself to, to another level. And I'm sick and tired of people like writing Usman off as like this boring fighter. Like okay Masvidal was a bit of a boring fight, but he played it smart. Like he neutralized him completely. Masvidal didn't win a single round. Like, okay, that's a bit boring in, in the eyes of some, but for me, that's quite clever in the sense that you're taking out a striker and out of his comfort zone 
where he, and he's clearly not on your level in terms of the grappling, like what have you. Colby, that was one of the fights of the year, in my opinion. Like, that was a brilliant fight. And this fight just gone. I mean, I know we say that like Max put on a masterclass against Calvin Cater, which he did, don't get me wrong. But I was actually more impressed with Usman's performance just because of like the tear that Burns has been on. Like, look at how Burns beat Woodley. All, all right, Usman dismantled him um, in, in, when, he, when he took the title from him. But, but Burns beat the fuck Burns, out of him. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> like it was, like, it was like, a different kind of beatdown. Yeah. So Usman you, you beat were... Woodley tactically, Burns beat him. Like... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Burns is clearly no bum. Like, and I'm not saying Cater's a bum, obviously, but what I am saying is that I think Usman is right in saying that Burns is the next best in that division. And for me, I, I actually have, I, I know we're going to come to this later, but I kind of have an inkling of who I want to see. Not not next, because I, I think they're going to go in a different route. But there's a there's a title eliminator fight that I want to see, and I want Burns to be part of it. Well, let's talk, let's talk about that now. Let's talk about that now. Because Usman called out Masvidal in, uh, yeah. I don't know whether I don't want to see that fight. Or since then, but yeah, I was going to say the same. Like, to me, that, I mean, I think Leon Edwards has actually already said it today. That's Usman basically picking the easiest opponent for the most it's money. the money like, option. It's, it's, yeah. it's clever business-wise, but... It's, it's not just the money option. It's his easiest fight. I mean, no disrespect to Masvidal as a fighter. I, don't get me started on on what I think of what he's been doing on Twitter for the past six months. But um, <laughs> as a fighter, he's an absolute beast. Whether you think he's a journeyman or not, doesn't really matter. He's a beast. Um, but for Usman, it's just not a good matchup for him. It's, it's that, I mean, I think Usman would beat him even easier this time. Whether Masvidal had a full camp or not, I don't think it would make a difference. Um, you know, as we just talked about, Usman's getting better every fight and developing skills that, you know, we didn't really know he had to that, to that degree. Um, my solution was um, Masvidal fights Colby, because I think that is a money fight for the UFC. Like, that, everyone wins there. Um, the fans were like, the animosity there, the trash talk there, everything about that would be so... We're going like, down the same route. <laughs> yeah, title fight or not, like, it doesn't need, that doesn't need to be a title fight. That can be the headline on a, on a pay-per-view, easily. It could be the, it could be um, the, the, the final fight on tough. Yeah. Um, and then my my other fight in the welterweight division, if, we, if we're sorting that out now, is um, Edwards against Wonderboy. And be- because I have those two fights together, I kind of feel like Usman should just sit out and wait for that to sort itself out because I don't see a clear-cut chat. There's no one in the welterweight division right now that I'm going, oh, yeah, they deserve the next title shot. Um, I, I don't think any of them deserve it, to be honest, right now. The, the only one that you could say was Burns, and he just got destroyed. So um, I think Usman should just take a back seat, you know, go and get even scarier and get even better and um, let those four fight it out and see who comes out on top. I do. I think I throw another one in there, Kesa and Burns. That's the route I was going. I think that's a banger of a fight. That was when we when we talked about our, our matchmaker section later for Gilbert Burns by pick was Kiesa. Um I'd be really <laughs> curious to see how the, how the grappling goes in that. I just, I just want to see, can Kesa do what he did to Magni and not get subbed instantly? <laughs> or get chinned. Yeah, that could happen too. He does have a bit of a suspect chin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was just going back to Usman, though. Like, I think it's kind of shut a lot of people up. Uh, a lot of people leave. It annoys me. I see loads of journalists leaving him out of like, the pound for pound list or like placing him like lower than, I don't know. I mean, I, I love Volk, don't get me wrong, but like placing him lower than Volk now just seems a bit redundant. When Yeah, in terms of you... the calibre of what they've done in the yeah. UFC so far, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all, then, all the division even, even, actually, are even, pretty dominant right now. Other than you could say Jan because he only just won his. Um, but even like oh, Fig, both Jans, I, actually. Jan I, would, Jan. I would put I would put Usman above Fig just because of like obviously Fig drew with Brandon Moreno. Like, it's not 
And lost a Formiga. That's embarrassing. No, just kidding. No Formiga slander here. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I, put, I some, think, put, um, put some respect on Kamara's name. I agree. And uh, like I said, there's, there's no one now that I'm looking through the rankings going, oh yeah, they've got a shot against Kamara. No, the only I, one I, I think I, maybe I, Kobe, Kobe stands, is Wonderboy. Solely, I solely think Wonderboy has a chance because I think he offers something unique and different that might just throw Usman off a bit. You know, obviously the easy kind of narrative to spin is, oh, well, Usman's just going to take him down and grapple fuck him. That could happen. <laughs> that could happen. But, um, you know, if anyone can, you know, skip out of the way, use his footwork, use his striking, and sort of his unorthodox, unorthodox stance to stay out of the way of the takedowns, it would be Wonderboy. So that's what I'd like to see. But I think he needs to win another one first. He needs to win another one. So Edwards would be a good fight. I think, um, like, the British bias to me really wants to see, like, the rematch as well. I really want to see... Edwards versus Edwards Usman. Usman. Well, if he beats Wonderboy, because... then he has to be in, in the conversation there, unless one of Colby or uh, Masvidal dominantly wins that fight. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I kind of, there's something I was saying to um, a friend of mine earlier. I was saying, like, for me, Masvidal should be chasing the money fights. Like, he should be chasing the McGregor's, the Diaz rematch. Like, 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 Masvidal only the title just seems a bit wrong because. Mm-hmm. He hasn't. Okay. Well, he's, he's, only, he's only got one one welterweight win against a currently ranked opponent, which is Michael Chiesa. Yeah. That's his only welterweight win amongst a currently ranked welterweight. Um. So, yeah, I I don't understand the Usman Masvidal hype at all. That's like you know like Leon said. I it was either today or yesterday. He was speaking to someone. Um. That's Usman picking the easiest fight for the most money. Clearly, like it's that simple. And it, Usman would probably admit that himself behind closed doors. Um, yeah, I think Edwards is the bogeyman. Like, it, no one wants to fight him for very good reason. Like, he's clearly evolved. And... Well, he's he's evolved and, with all due respect, not got the hype that the others do in terms yeah. of yeah, oh, yeah. Main, doesn't, mainstream, doesn't sell, yeah, mainstream selling tickets or selling pay-per-views more to point. Um, so, yeah, I think he's the the low... <laughs> what way around am I trying to say this? The, the high-risk, low-reward. Um, we'll move on to the Cobain before we, before we ramble on too much about... Um, our British bias. Um, Leon's winning the title. No, I didn't say anything. Um, Grasso, absolutely dominant against Macy Barber. Um, quick shout out to Macy Barber's Michelle Waterson faints. She she was throwing strikes from another hemisphere. Um, I mean, I know they're different divisions, but could we please have her and Watson fight at some point? It'd be like, you know that scene in Harry Potter where he meets Voldemort and they blast their spells at each other across the way and they're like 20 feet apart and their spells meet in the middle? They're, that's what it'd be like. The power from their jabs would just meet in the middle, but they wouldn't actually get close to each other. They'd just be um, fist bumping all fight. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, I'm, I'm, done, I'm done slandering Macy because I actually thought she, she fought pretty well considering... She was just up against an absolutely perfect performance from Grasso. Yeah, she did well because she got dominated, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we all knew Grasso's boxing was good. She also showed dominant grappling. At some, well, not dominant, but good grappling. I kept mean, on the feet, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she kept on the feet. And then the one time it did go down, she looked in charge. Like, she looked the one that was more likely to, to make something happen and, and was more of an offensive threat rather than just defending. So, um I guess the question I have is how high is Alexa Grasso going to go? She kind of looks like the complete package in that fight. Title contender for sure. I can't, you can't you can't call her a champ. You can't call her like a future champ or anything because um, there's a certain <laughs> Shevchenko at the top, right? Like it's just it, yeah. I think she's definitely a title contender. She's one for the future for sure. I think she's found her her weight class, um, which which says in itself that when she puts the things together. 
as you say, she's a complete package, like decent on the ground, can keep it standing. And when she keeps it standing, she's in her element. Like, uh, I, I, I was actually a bit baffled with Macy's strategy. I, 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 the strategy was basically swing like fuck and hope yeah, something big but, lands. Considering, considering she's been training with like Ben Askren and like all the Wisconsin wrestlers, like why don't you just take it to the ground? Like if you, if your background, it, it felt like she tried a little bit early and then it was like oh, that didn't work. I guess I'll yeah. just go for. I'll just wing it now. Like yeah, she just gave up show on heart and courage. But I, I, I don't want to make this all about Macy because I think that's something that like, the media narrative has really annoyed me. Like all, the, all the post fight talk and everything was all about like oh macy will rebuild and come back and none of it was like oh actually alexa was class and i think she deserves a special mention for the fact that she's overcome a lot of diverse uh, adversity in her ufc career like she got submitted by um tatiana suarez like she's lost three fights she lost to felice herrig i mean that says it all <laughs> um <laughs> but <laughs> yeah I, I was really i was really impressed and i think i mean i'm not going to call her the next ronda rousey sorry dana but I think he's right in saying yeah, that she's... Yeah, I'm not sure what that was about, but... Um, but I think she's... Definitely a hot prospect. She can definitely wave the, wave the flag for Mexico as well. Like, her and Moreno, like, they're doing bits at the moment. So I'm looking forward to her next fight. I'd like to see... And, and they weigh the same amount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you implying there, Ben? Um, no, I'd like to see... Uh, I'd like to see her face, uh, face Caitlin Chukagian. I think that's quite like a... Yeah, like, I, think that, I, think, I think that's quite a good litmus test. I realise yeah. we're skipping ahead from the previous section. I apologise. That's all right. Um, Gaston got back in the win column. Not really much going on in that fight. Won't okay. There was one Water. great moment where Heinish went for a flying knee and Gaston just ate it. Like, that guy's chin. I mean, it's like Vicente Luque's chin on steroids. Um, but pretty, from when Izzy dropped pretty boring fight. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was a build-up of 25 minutes, so to be fair. Um, yeah, pretty pretty boring fight, not going to lie. Um, Gaston showed some quite good grappling. Um, I was actually pretty impressed. He, he won the grappling exchange with Heinish, but at the same time, Heinish's game plan was a little weird. And um, Gaston striking to it, right? looks um, just, one looked like a top ten, one looked like, like a top ten. Yeah, it just looks like what it, it's not Gaston. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I was, I was, I was waiting for the for the Gaston of all to explode one of them little one-two combos and just smoke him, and uh, it just never came. So big right or left, I, yeah. Jury's jury's still out. Jury's still out on that. Um, Ricky Simone looked incredible in his fight, made Brian Keller look distinctly average and, you know, Keller can give anyone a good fight on his day. Um, I was sure, I was so sure that Simone was going to get guillotined in this fight. I know. I said I, it to someone I on Twitter, I was like, this, this is the perfect setup for a, for a boom Keller guillotine. Like he is well, I was thinking great the sub, with the guillotine and Simone just kind of rushes right in there. Like I thought this was a guillotine waiting to happen, but he played it perfectly. He had a, he had, there was a couple where Keller kind of, you know, Tried to lock it in, and then he instantly just slipped out and and gained top position and dominated. Um, really impressive performance. I think it was a um, it was a weight class up, wasn't it? Because it was a short notice fight. Yeah, um, it, was, it was either weight class up or catch weight. I oh, know you're right. A, I think it was a featherweight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Simone's going to be a problem at, at 135. Um, I think he said after the fight, like, I lo- I loved this because I got to be a, a fat boy and not you know not have to worry about cutting the cutting the weight, but. You know, 135 is definitely his weight, and um, he's going to be a problem there. Um, Kelho got a nasty cut as well pretty early. Yeah, which, um, that was gnarly. Fair, fair play to him for fighting through that. Um, then the fight that everyone's talking about, but disappointingly not for the fight because it was a brilliant fight, Mackie Patolo against Marquez. Um, Patolo went grappling heavy, which was a little, I think, unexpected. No one really thought, I mean, 
the, the fight was set up for them to just trade bombs in the middle, I think was what everyone was hoping for. And it was still a sick fight, but um, he did show good grappling. I, I, as, as happy as I was for Marquez, because, you know, coming off the, what is it, like a two and a half year injury layoff, um, I was kind of devastated for Cotolo because I feel like he needed this win to kind of jumpstart his UFC career. It's been a little stop start. And, um, we'll stay in the UFC, to be honest. Yeah, possibly. Um, and he, he pretty much dominated the first two rounds. There were a few moments where Marquez, I think in the second round, he, he had a standing guillotine at one point. But for the most part, I mean, it was 10 minutes of domination. And then he just lost it at the vital moment. Um, I mean, third round, what a round. Yeah, uh, it's just... I don't know what I'm, I don't know what to make of Mike Potato. Like a couple of not insiders, but like coaches that I've spoken to have been like, oh, I, I, he's not as like he's not as wild as everyone says. Like there, there is some strategy, but all right, he showed it in showcased it in the first two rounds. But then to like to fall into that anaconda trick, I was just like, really, bro? Like. I don't know. We'll, we'll come on to the, the Garbrandt strategy later. But <laughs> uh, you're, you're going with him. I'm going with I'm going with the man who said it himself. Um, yeah, I, I don't. know. You know, you said it about maybe maybe he'll be cut. Um, I think he's probably got one more one more fight before um, was that, before was that's that, a danger uh, to him. Was, has he just won, has he just lost two on the bounce? I can't remember. Uh, I think so because he got submitted by Darren Stewart. Darren Stewart. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So I think he won on contender series and then maybe he's won one and lost two in the UFC. Um, mm. probably would have to check that but whatever that's that's a good enough guess um, but I, I, to be honest he's the kind of fighter I want to watch because like you know yeah like you said he's, he's lost his last two I think but he goes in there like to get the finish and if he doesn't yeah. get finished he's probably going to get finished like that's what I want to see yeah no I, I get that I just think the the level that you, the UFC is you, I don't know it's, just, it's, it's something that kind of like irks me in a way because Someone like him gets a shot, and then someone like Jake Hadley doesn't. Even though, okay, Jake's only six no, but I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. I don't, I don't know if he's not. I'm not saying that he's not good enough for the UFC. That's really harsh. But as you say, his next fight is a must win. I think personally, just because a three and one record or one and three, sorry, in the UFC is not a good look for anyone. Then uh, next fight, I know you were upset about this one because you were hyping up Vieira before all week. I think you, I think you must text me like three times with just the words Rodolfo Vieira and nothing else. Um, <laughs> absolutely, I've never seen a fight of gas in that manner. I mean, there was I one grappling exchange it, <laughs> and then he stood up and was like, oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> he was done after that first exchange. And it was like, what, two and a half minutes into the first round? Yeah, I mean, no, it was like as you said, it was one exchange, right? <laughs> and then yeah. he was like he, I mean, he out. nearly got the, he nearly got him. He nearly had, he, you know, there was a moment there. I was like, oh, this is going to go how everyone predicted it. First round submission, you know. See you later, Hernandez. Um, so fair play to Hernandez for getting himself out of that and getting up. But, I just um, can't believe he got submitted. It was like what once he once he got up from the ground, Vieira is it, it was like he was looking down at his own like fucking colossal biceps, being like. Jesus Christ, these things are happening. Right, can, <laughs> like, can we just point someone out as well? Uh, it's someone else talked to, I was talking to um, one of the Calvons, uh physio guys. I was like, I was just like, oh, strength and conditioning, sorry. I was like, all these jiu-jitsu, all these jiu-jitsu wizards, they're like balloons. They're like King Kong, like muscle mass. But then, and he, was, he explained to me that just because someone has a load of muscle mass doesn't necessarily translate to them being a good athlete or they might just focus on like their, their looks in the gym and all that, all that kind of stuff. And also, it's not like, like you need some fat to like kind of grease the 
the muscle and, and make yourself <laughs> move. That wins, sounds really yeah. weird. DC said this like, after the fight. DC yeah. was like, everybody says DC's fat. Well, you need a little bit of that fat, um, yeah. which is what sent Joe Rogan cackling like the Joker. Um, yeah, but I think there is a good point because he's clearly suited to like grappling tournaments and. I don't know. He just needs to get on the treadmill, man. <laughs> don't lift weights. Get on the treadmill. I just couldn't believe it. He literally got up after that one exchange, and you could see him. Like you could see it in his eyes. Like, oh fuck! Like this is supposed to like this is supposed to be over. Yeah. I, I only trained for these first two minutes. <laughs> he needs a great cardio inhaler. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I, I lost a lot of. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The hype train is like dead. <laughs> like I'm just really disappointed, man. It's gone. <laughs> I mean, shout out to Hernandez, though. Fucking incredible form. I mean, you could say, yeah, he beat, up a, the bag quite he, beat up a, he beat up a punching bag that was, you know, gassed and standing in front of him, not moving his head. But, um, you know, to get out of that initial grappling exchange at start with a guy like Vieira, who's so... And you know, to submit a guy whose grappling credentials are, like, out of this world is just hilarious. I feel, I feel like that was... That was like at the start of the second round, he was like, I'm going to submit this motherfucker. <laughs> like, he knew he could knock him out and he knew he could submit it because he was just so dead. And he chose the submission because of the hype it would get him, I feel like. Which, you know, if that suspicion is is true, then fair play. He's a smart guy and a good fighter. Um, I think a lot of people um, don't realize that Hernandez actually has a decent resume as well. Um, yeah. I know he yeah. lost to um, Kevin Holland. Which, you know, no shame in that. Holland just absolutely smoked Jackeray. Uh, but before that, he's got a no contest on his record, which was him absolutely destroying Jordan Wright, um, which was, yeah. I think, a no contest because he tested positive for smoking weed, which now isn't even against the rules anymore um, and was stupid to be against the rules in the first place. So, um, yeah, Hernandez, you know, maybe one to watch, one to look out for in the future. And, um, Bit of a dark horse, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, next up, Bilal, pretty dominant performance. Lima had the. Uh, what you'd expect from from a Lima had those mean calf kicks, but um, Bilal didn't really seem to be that phased by them, despite how brutal they were. And um, talking about dark horses, one to watch in this division, Bilal Muhammad. Definitely, he's a bit of a, a Terminator, isn't he? Yeah. Who did he call, who did he call out? Ali Jinliang. Yeah, oh, that's a phenomenal Ali. fight. That is a phenomenal fight. I'd love to see. I'd like. I quite like to see him against Neil Magnu. Yeah, that was, that was one I, I saw raised on Twitter and thought, oh, yeah, <laughs> give, give me that. <laughs> he's a, he's a bit, I, I, I kind of described him as the Terminator because it's just kind of, he takes it. Like those calf kicks are not a nice thing to take. He just kind no, of he took a them. lot. He took a lot of calf kicks and he didn't start checking them until like towards the end of the second round, I don't think. Yeah, he's clearly been doing um, leg days for days. <laughs> yeah, clearly. But um, yeah, great no, performance. performance Striking it really clean, you know, pressure, cardio, everything you want from him. You can tell he trains and, with Tony um, Ferguson. Like, just, yeah the craziness as well like you, there's a bit there's a little bit of the crazy in him which i like <laughs> yeah he'd be down for a war for sure and um lima wasn't didn't really have the uh the offense to give him a, a proper war but um he'd get one if he gets the leech so um let's hope for that matchup i feel like that'd be a pretty beastly matchup um poliana viana another impressive winner got a performance of the night bonus um i think it was like two minutes took her to sub mallory martin who i think had quite a lot of hype behind her before this fight a lot of people were we're on the Mallory Martin hype train. Um, that's two two round one submissions in a row for uh, for Viana in the last six months. I think the last one was last August or September, something like that. So um, definitely one to watch out for in this division. Yeah, I mean, she kind of made a name for herself, right? When she <laughs> beat up that man, Jerumba, the guy. I thought, I thought it was pretty funny them bringing that up, and she her first response was that was two years ago. Yeah, like, she I was know. like, "Aren't you going to ask me about the fucking great performance I just put in? Yeah, Instead, you're asking me about this crap." 
<laughs> you could tell um, Rogan was on the wacky backy. <laughs> he kept on trying to Ro- force it. Rogan's like, on a Rogan. lot more than that every single every single fight night. Um, him him and DC like I don't I don't want to just sit here and shit on Rogan and DC because they've given us some great commentary moments, particularly um, particularly Rogan, but they, they were awful. They were awful, and DC twice. Twice went on some big long ramble about what does a word mean. Once it was a Spanish <laughs> word, and once it was I can't even remember what the English word was. But I, I someone needs to make a compilation of all the times in the last few years DC has spent like three minutes having a word explained to him during, while there's a fight going on, while they should be giving us details of the fight. He's there going, "That's a word? No way! Oh, I'm gonna use that all the time now." You sound like what's that kids' TV show, Barney Bear? <laughs> that was a good that's what I'm talking about that's a perfect DC impression um, <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was terrible um, I thought that was a weird question but back on to Pollyanna um, re- really good performance and deserved performance of the night bonus um, Martin just got a submission win uh, forgetting who she just submitted um, Hannah Cyphers maybe I don't remember yeah um, Hannah Cyphers you're right but, uh, well she lost and, to Vina Darroy yeah which you know there's no shame in that at all and um I think Viana had maybe two or three losses in a row before these last couple of submissions. Yeah, she, she got, got subbed. So. She actually got subbed by uh, my girl Veronica. Veronica McKay. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, so you know, we'll uh, we'll talk about that when we do the uh, when we do our matchmaking section in a little bit. But um, yeah, definitely the strawweight division is uh, is hotting up a little bit. Actually, you know, I just want to throw something out there. You, have you seen her record? Have you seen that K on the record? Yeah, don't don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up later. <laughs> That's a I'm secret for later. Um, last couple of fights on on the prelims, um, Chris Gutierrez and Gabe Green both got decision wins. So Gabe Green and Roe fight was um, how do I put this delicately a shit fest. Um, I was gonna say boring as hell. <laughs> what a what a weird fight. Roe, I feel like easily could have got a submission. If, uh, if he actually knew what he was doing and, and knew that he had a huge advantage on the ground. But for some reason, he didn't and just allowed it to then turn into a striking battle where, I don't know, I thought the decision was a little questionable. I'm, I'm not sure who gave um, who gave Green the first round. That judge needs to be sectioned. But um, I guess decent win for Green. Chris Gutierrez, two close first rounds with uh, first and second round with Yule and then um, just destroyed him with kicks in the third round, which is kind of what you expect from, from Gutierrez, really, isn't it? Yeah, it was just vintage, wasn't it? Um, I must admit, it's like I don't know. I thought the whole card was a bit stinky, <laughs> to be honest. Although the, well, like, the there wasn't co- any um, other than the uh, the Marquez and Patola fight, and I guess you could say the Usman and Burns fight. There wasn't any like great back and forth fights, mm. um, but I would say there was great performances. There was, you know, yeah, there was definitely six, individual really moments where you're like, wow. Mm. Well, I mean, they, they handed out four performance of the night bonuses, which kind of says it all, which I was going to complain about, actually. They gave a performance of the night to Marquez. I feel like they should have given fight of the night there. So Patolo could get 50k too. Um, like I said, I was devastated for him losing that because he did fight so well for 12 and a half minutes or something like that. Um, so to then not even get the fight of the night bonus as well, um, really insult to injury. On that subject, performance of the night bonuses, Hernandez, Marquez, Usman, Viana, no real complaints there. But as always on this show, we like to pick a, what we call a runner-up, someone who's kind of flying under the radar, a performance who didn't get one of the performance of the night bonuses, but maybe deserved one. Um, who's your uh, who's your selection? Bilal Muhammad. I think he's a dark horse in the division, as I said earlier. Definitely want to watch. I mean, he, he's he's quite a funny guy. I don't know if you've watched his, um, his any of his interviews in the build-up to the fight, but <laughs> he, is, he is quite 
I don't know. It's just he's got one of those characters who are just like, oh, like I kind of I can engage with you. Like uh, maybe it's the, the, the Tony Ferguson effect rubbing off on me. I don't know. But, <laughs> he's got um, a podcast. Have you listened to his podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. good. It's good. It's good. Listen, but I, I just think, um, yeah, I just it was just it was just outclassing Lima. I know he's taking those those leg kicks, but it, it was just a total control. And I, I I quite like to see that, like, and a fight that essentially. No one I mean, Lima was on a three-win streak as well, so yeah, yeah, it wasn't exactly. like you know he's fighting a guy here who's you know lost two and is getting cut from the UFC next week. And also, it's good for uh, Blau as well to like kind of put his name out there, like in a similar mm-hmm. way to Leon Edwards. He's kind of been the, the one who no one wants to fight because he doesn't really have that name factor, or like you can't bring in the crowds or bring in the pay- uh, page views. But I think. Um, I think I said page views. I meant pay per views. Sorry, I'm thinking about work. No, pay per views. But I, I think, yeah, I think if you can piece together a bit of a run, I mean, I'd I'd love to see that Kesa fight. Not not next. I think that's a bit harsh on Kesa because Kesa's coming off a brilliant performance over Neil Mackey. But yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my runner up to Bilal Muhammad. I mean, there's only you? really three. I I guess you could pick, which would be Bilal. Um, Simone or Grasso? You can't beat Gaslam because that fight was boring. Yeah, I was gonna, with, I was um, gonna go with Grasso, but I'd like, I don't know. It's I just... thought you would go with Grasso, but I, if, if you're not going to, I'll take, I'll take Alexa <laughs> Grasso as my pick. Um, you know, like we said, outclass Macy Barber everywhere, and let's not forget, Macy Barber only had one defeat on a record before this, and that was with a torn ACL. And yeah, I was gonna say that's it, primarily an injury. Yeah, was it the first? I think it was the first round she tore ACL and. You know, it's, you know, you can say whatever. She's still lost. It's a, it's a loss on the record. But at the end of the day, she tore her ACL and she still fought the full 15 minutes. So, you know, fair fucking Yeah, play. she wasn't finished. Um, so, yeah, you know, this is a, you know, a young prospect that has a lot of hype before her, even behind her, before she lost her only loss due to a, to- you know, due mainly to a torn ACL. And, um, you know, she just dismantled her. You know, I said earlier, Macy Barber deserves credit for, you know, keeping coming and, and fighting through the, you know, just walking straight through the the box and Grasso and, and still swinging, swinging till the end. But I mean, it was domination. It was complete. You know, the, it wasn't even close. Can we just clear something up as well? Grasso's not the best boxer in MMA. <laughs> I put it on the notes just to piss you off. <laughs> We're clearing this up right now. Yeah. DC <laughs> said, I think he said it on uh, on Ariel's show on on Monday that Grasso is the best pure boxer in MMA, not in women's MMA, in MMA as yeah. a whole. Right. We clear up both those statements. I think Dustin Poirier wants a word, and I think Clarissa Shields wants a word with you, DC. <laughs> like, all right, she hasn't had a pro MMA fight yet, but she is an MMA fighter, and there's no way Alexa Grasso is a better boxer than the greatest female boxer of all time. Let's just clear that up right now. And you can even throw Holly Holm in there as well. Well, there's also the champ in her division, which you know, I guess she's more she's known just as much for her kicks, but. You know, I, I wouldn't want to stand in a ring and box with Valentina Shevchenko either. So, um, and I'm like twice her size. But um, yeah, that was a that was a weird statement. But I, I, I'm giving my runner-up pick to Grasso. I'll um, I'll go with your pick though. I agree. Bilal deserves some hype and um, definitely one to watch in that division. Um, next up, we got the the one and only, the greatest feature known to man, the Garbrandt game plan. Well, I think week, they've been we, listening uh, to this podcast, mate, because they've clearly picked up on it. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Gilbert Burns listens to our pod. Um, Every week we pick someone who we think showed poor fight IQ or poor game plan and um, crown them our Garbrandt game plan winner of the week. We're going to have to change I... this when we get Cody on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll have to call it like the Dillashaw game plan or something. I don't know. Um, 
I'm going to give it to Gilbert Burns. He said after the fight, I went full Cody Garbrandt, <laughs> which the, the part that he said was the bad fight IQ is not actually the part I picked out. Um, he spoke about how, you know, he, he got him rocked and then he just, you know, saw the chance and just walked forward and, and was stupid. Um, I was actually more concerned with the part where he lay on his back for four minutes after stunning him. Because, like, you're fighting a guy like Usman who, you know, he'll, he sparred with him. He knows how good Usman is. How often are you going to get him stunned? You know, he gets him stunned and then lies on his back for three minutes. That was that was a chance to go for it then. And he waited yeah. until, you know, the second round and third round to go for it when Usman had recovered and had sort of eased into the striking and found his groove. And by that point, that's when, you know, he got destroyed. Um, so, yeah, I, I can only pick I can only pick the guy who literally said he is our Garbrandt game plan champion. But I know you have a different pick. Yeah, I was I mean, just with Burns, I was surprised there weren't more leg kicks either. I, I, I was, I, that was something I, thought, I was hoping for as well. Um, when I, when I said before the like, fight, he's the better striker of the two. I that, that was heavily, you know, heavily on my mind that Usman hadn't really faced anyone before that uses a lot of leg kicks or at least tries to use them against him. Um, so I thought that could be a big threat for Burns because that is something he's really good at. But I don't think he, he has absolute trumps. Even land well, one so. successful. I don't. I don't even think he landed one clean, clean leg leg kick. So. Um, yeah, ev- everything about it was a little bit eh, I, like I can forgive him because he did get close to, to rocking him, but um, the, the line on his back after he stunned him was unforgivable. I mean, he was there for like four minutes getting his ass kicked, literally getting his ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's just, I think as well because of all the hype that was like, it's kind of in a weird way, I find it's, it's more disappointing than the Masvidal fight just because. Like the build up to the fight was so good. I really love teammates turn rivals. I think that's an amazing. Well, I feel like the Masvidal one, we kind of, and the, obviously the the casual fans buying the pay per views didn't, but everyone who watches MMA regularly knew how that fight was going to go exactly yeah. how it went. So and because of the teammates turn rivals element, like it's just kind of, yeah. like it's like a Rashad Evans, John Joe. Like they only happen once every two. It's, like, it's, it's like, like a certain uh, Cody Garbrandt. Um, <laughs> just, just getting loads of mentions today. Who who was your pick? Uh, uh, right, I'm probably gonna get like a bunch of, I don't know, people might be a bit triggered, but I'm gonna go with Macy Mar- Macy Barber just because I think, uh, like, yeah, it's great looking like you you've got Kajonis on you and you can take a few shots and, and stand and trade with, well, not trade because you barely land or anything, but like stand up and and fight with Alex Grasso. But she traded with thin air. Yeah, exactly, and it's just when again I said it earlier when you when you're training with people like Ben Askren and. Like you've trained with, uh, uh, I can't remember who's the guy. Um, oh my god, what's his name? Who's Pester's coach? Oh, I can't remember his name. This is gonna kill me. Uh, I blame trains him being with... ten to eleven in the evening. I'm not remembering this right now. Yeah, right. Anyway, she trains with like um, Pester's coach and and Woodley's coach. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. That guy. Like, <laughs> why didn't she just? I apologize. For, the disrespect for that Amer- guy for anyone who's American <laughs> it's like nearly midnight for us so <laughs> it's been a long day um, I think uh, yeah I, I'm surprised she didn't try and take it down just because like if you look at Grasso's weaknesses in the past he's been against like grapple heavy opponents like Tatiana Suarez arguably the best wrestler in her division it just kind of seemed a bit of a natural thing to do and again it's all very well good biting down on your gum shield and, and trying to like stay with it but I think you got to throw, you got to show a bit more diversity. You were getting pieced apart. Like it, it, it really did leave me scratching my head, especially when I don't know, like the, the her, her entire like 
well, life ambition, it seems, was to beat John Jones, right? And I, I think she kind of, I almost think she shot herself in the foot by setting such a high, this is actually my Garbrandt game plan right here. I think the Garbrandt game plan was Macy saying that she was going to beat John Jones from the start because it's just too lofty an ambition to set yourself like it, what John Jones did was incredible and probably never be re- repeated in the history of the UFC just because of the way that his career um, played excuse out. Excuse me, have you, have you met Chase Hooper? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, another Ben Askren tutor, uh, pupil. Um, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I do think her whole mindset of, I want to beat John, but don't get me wrong, like, having ambitions is like, great, but you got to be realistic and, I think it's kind of set herself up to fail from the start because the division that she's in is, I mean, they've got one of the most dominant champions in the UFC in general, yeah. in Valentina Shevchenko. Like, and I can't see Macy getting into like, title contention anytime soon because I think she's got a lot of areas that she needs to work on. And I suppose it could strike. be a good thing now to, uh, you know, after this loss, that that dream of, of beating Jones to the to the youngest champ record is well and truly gone. Like, it's not even a yeah. zero... Like, she needs to get over know, to Tiger Muay Thai. Less than zero chance. I, I know it's um, been hard with COVID, but she needs to go over to Tiger Muay Thai. And, like, I mean, it could be a good thing just to, you know, get that monkey off her back and, um, you know, not have not have that hanging over her head anymore. Just focus on improving. Um, mm. But yeah, I can... Um, I can I can see the Macy Barber pick, but we have to go with Gilbert Bird because he, he name dropped us. He didn't yeah, name drop yeah. us. I mean, he exactly. Cody Garbrandt, he, he's, he, he's been Gilbert. We hear you. you've been listening. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to make the show. That's all. That's what he set the whole thing up for. Um, before we go, we'll do some matchmaking. Um, the man we just talked about, Gilbert Burns. You mentioned it earlier, and I completely agree with your pick. Michael Chiesa makes perfect yeah. sense, right? Yeah, that, that I want to see that name in the summer. I think he's, he's the only both. one in that sort of group of sort of two to seven in the rankings that is on a win streak and isn't one of the four we mentioned earlier. So um, yeah, makes perfect sense. And the grappling would just be super fun. And Kesa has been submitted before. He has been submitted before. So, you know, it could, it could be a short night for him, but if, if he wins that, then uh, oh, holy crap. But he, he also looks, as a title contender. He also looks big at Welterweight as well. So yeah, he looks huge. Maybe that'll play. Maybe that'll play. I don't know. How did he ever make lightweight, man? That's honestly the most, the most baffling thing to, <laughs> to ever happen in the UFC was Mike Chiesa making um, lightweight because he looks huge at welterweight. Like, I think people say, the same, this, people say the same about Till making welterweight before he went up to middle. Um, Chiesa's even more of an anomaly. That guy, that guy's a big welterweight. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, that was weird. But um, yeah, both in agreement. What a fight that would be. Let's... Uh, Let's get that booked in for the summer there, Sean Shelby. Um, next up, Grasso. What's her next fight? Because I have one in mind. I feel like that's shooting a little bit too high, to be honest. Really? I've, I I've one that's just Shevchenko. above her in the rankings and is on a win streak. Antonina Shevchenko. Oh, yeah. Beat, think, beat the, think of the, beat the, think beat the, the sister of the champ and call her out. That's quite good. Yeah, one. that's the way to go. You beat Antonina and then you say, oh, you, you want you want to avenge your sister? Come on then. Um I, I didn't I didn't see anyone really else in the rankings that I was like, oh yeah, that's a fight I really want. Um, but Antonina looked so good in her last fight. I know more through grappling than through striking, but she's known as a striker, so I think that'd be a fun fight. That'd be fireworks. Shukagian maybe next, and and then and then the title <laughs> get beat down in a boring five round decision win by, by <laughs> Valentina, <laughs> or, or a head kick out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, we know how that goes. Um, 
The other one, and, and another one where I was, I was kind of struggling to, to find someone because the people below him in rank don't really deserve him and the people above him are way above him. Um, Gastelum, do you have a pick here? All right, I need to look at the rankings. Actually. Give me, you go first. Give me two seconds. I'll drop my pick. Um, Jared Cannon here. Oh. If Gastelum strike like we know he can strike, it would be an absolute banger of a fight. If he fought boring grappling, and you know, I'm not saying grappling is boring, but the way he grappled with Heinish was, um, it would be a disappointment. But I think if anyone's going to stand in there and, and you know trade shots with Gastelum, Cannonier could do it, and um, one of them is probably going to get knocked out as as good as Gastelum's chin is. Yeah, I'm going to go in a different direction, just because I think like don't forget before this he was in. A, a well, a, a three fight slump. I'm gonna go Kevin Holland. <laughs> I think that's... that was what I looked at. But isn't isn't he fighting um, Brunson? Oh yeah, of course he's fighting Brunson. Okay, he's right, yeah. Um, hang on, give me two seconds. See, because of that, I look. You look below Gaston on the rankings. There's not really anyone that's like. Yeah, I just think I, just, I think Cannon is a bit too high just because of like the runs they've both been on. Yeah. Like I mean, again, all right. Cannonier has beaten Silver, Hermanson, and then lost to Whitaker. But Gastelum lost to Hermanson and lost to Till, so a top five opponent kind of seems a bit. But there's I no one it's... below him that really deserves it. The people below him, I was looking at, and I was like, "Nah, you don't really deserve it." Maybe Shabazian was one I looked at, but he's coming off a loss. I'd quite like, to, like the winter because we've got this unofficial middleweight tournament, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. loves tournaments at the moment. We didn't talk about Bellator, but we can talk about that next time. Um, and there's a bit of an unofficial middleweight tournament like going. Oh, we can t- we can talk about Leo Tomachida winning winning the Bellator <laughs> like <laughs> tournament. Can we talk about that next time? Yeah. Okay. Um, middleweight tournament. No, I'm just. I think I think you should fight the winner of Weidman versus Hall. Yeah. I know, I that's, kind that. of, I, I know that's quite low down, but I don't know. It just kind of makes a bit. Gaston more sense. versus Weidman. Weidman would be good because it would be like the weakest chin in MMA against the best chin. <laughs> so we just. Um, just see how that looks. already beaten Hall, so that'd be a bit of a, yeah. that'd be a rematch. That would be quite spicy. I can see that being being a good one, actually. Um, my next one, absolute banger I've picked out here. Marquez, obviously, like we said, got performance of the night bonus. Got um, got a lot of he's got a lot of press. You know, he's got a lot of hype. Probably gaining quite a lot of Twitter followers behind the uh, the whole Miley thing. I know, I know um, what route you're going. Buckley. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> Buckley, he's like Mackie Patola on roids. This this would be a banging fight, guaranteed. And whoever yeah, I mean, wins it then has a hell of a lot of hype going forward. Doesn't matter which one of them wins it. Whoever whoever wins that fight is you know instantly back in the conversation as a, as a huge prospect. Marquez after two years out and um, and Buckley after that that disappointing loss. Yeah, there's no way it um, goes to the judges. That's for sure. And then the last one we got to pick. Um, we. Bigged her up, and you nearly mentioned it. You nearly spoiled it, Pollyanna Viana. Um, I, I'm picking it. I'm picking it out first. I'm going for it first. Um, Amanda Rebass rematch. She knocked her out to become the Jungle Fight Strawweight Champion in 2015. Um, Viana knocked Rebass out. That is, and um, you know Rebass is you know the kind of bigger prospect in terms of having more mainstream you know coverage and and more people knowing her and selling more uh, selling more pay per views and. But she's coming off a loss. Pollyanna's coming off two round one wins. I think two performance of the nights. That fight makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, as well as considering like Rivas's grappling credentials as well. Like that's a really interesting matchup, obviously, because she knocked her out. Yeah, because uh, I mean you can't just sit in Viana's guard. That's not gonna work. And also just like having the the 
not fear factor, but something that Dan Hardy was telling me when a fighter fights someone they they fought before and they knocked him out. I mean, we were talking about this before the Conor and Dustin rematch, and look how that turned out. But it does kind of play in your mind. Like, I've been chinned by you. I felt your power. Oh Christ! Like, what am I going to do? And I think, I think Rivas needs a well, Rivas needs a win. That's for sure. But I think Fiana does deserve a name opponent. Mm-hmm. And I'd imagine there's a bit of a needle there. Although Rivas is such a nice girl, like, I think maybe not. Um, yeah, I can see that happening. I mean, I I thought that when I, when I saw the the record, like it, it's the one that springs out to me for both reasons. Like again, she gets a name on her ledger. It's, it's weird, isn't it? How Rivas is more of a name than Viana when you consider like Viana's coverage over the past couple of years. Like, I think that's that's partly due to Paige Van Zandt, to be honest. Yeah, but it, 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 which pay per view was it that she submitted Paige on? Um, honestly, couldn't tell you. But um, yeah, I mean, she got a, a dominant win against Paige on a on a recent pay per view, and all of a sudden, everyone knows who she is. Um, UFC not to say, say not to say so she didn't that, have some that, hype before that, but Mas- the Masvidal Usman card. Oh, there you go. That's that's those Usman toe stomps selling <laughs> selling <laughs> selling tickets right there. Um, no, it's the Volk Holloway rematch. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Oh mate, I, I, right off off topic completely. I just can't believe the events that we've got coming up. Like five fans, stay tuned because we've got we, well, we're breaking down some of like the, the most insane. I mean, next week's fight, or did I say next week, this week's fight like, card doesn't look that stacked on paper. It has, some, it has some sleeper fights on it. Yeah. Like Imadov and I know, Imadov I know you're hyped and, about the uh, the Aspinall fight. Imadov and, and Phil Hawes is just like insane. Oh yeah, I mean to be fair, I can't believe that Arsky and Aspinall aren't coming. I thought they would come in, but it seems that the feature prelim, which I don't know, doesn't make that much sense. Yeah, to feature, me. feature prelims aren't a bad spot to be honest. And um, I'll be excited to see if uh, Derek Lewis can, as the memes always say, just get up because <laughs> grappling isn't real. Just get up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> which is basically think... how Lewis defends grapplers he just gets up like he's that strong yeah I mean we're all going for a a, a Blades decision victory right like I hope that's... not yeah like, I kind of want I don't, I, I, don't I, I don't dislike Blades but I don't want to see him do what he, do what he did against Volkov and just lie on top of him no, for I'd love to see minutes. Derek Lewis get a Hail Mary like, that's like peak MMA and also just imagine the memes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and we, and we need we need another in this you know in this you know lockdown age and everyone's depressed and bored and cold. We need a a Derek Lewis post fight interview. I want, I want to see Derek Lewis as John Jones. <laughs> that would be that'd be ridiculous. I don't think they'd take that risk to be honest. Like, no. they, well, actually, to be fair, the winner of this fight anyway gets the winner of Gone, um, Rosenstroke, doesn't it? I think that's yeah, potentially, and you got Volkov in there to worry about as well. well I think actually, no, um, I think if if Lewis wins, it's kind of different because obviously he's beaten Francis, so that's kind of like a. I think Blades is kind of stuck a bit um, by the fact he's been chinned twice by the most fearsome puncher in the division, and I can't wait for that fight either. Like Francis Stipe, um, I think I'm interviewing Stipe soon, so I'll be able to drop some drop some knowledge if I can understand it, of course. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, all Stipe. right, well. Um... We'll wrap it up there on that note before you start disrespecting the man you're supposed to be interviewing. Um, <laughs> we'll be back uh, either late this week or early next week talking about the uh, the Blades and Lewis card. Maybe maybe wait till afterwards just in case it is really boring. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to get on here on Friday and hype it up and then uh, Blades just lies on him for 25 minutes. That yeah, we'll be, be dropping we'll be dropping the pub Monday. Yeah, Monday sounds good. Um, okay, yeah, thanks for listening and um, don't forget follow us on Twitter at Clinch Perfect. 
See ya. Peace.